0: In Philippians 2, we've been learning from Jesus' example how to be humble. There are four parts to it. The first was appearance, when you're content to be seen as lowly and thought of by people as unimpressive. The second is selflessness. Jesus gave up the glories of heaven to meet our needs. We should give up what's valuable to us to meet others' needs. Today, we see the third element of humility. Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Sometimes I will fail to do what's in your best needs just because of pride. I don't want to let go of my pride. Other times I fail because I don't want to give up my preferences. I like it this way. Other times, it's just a matter of pleasantness. I, I, I want my life to be comfortable. And dealing with uh, meeting your need, uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. And so I don't want any pain. I don't want any inconvenience. You make pleasantness a priority in your life. And you forget about ever loving like Christ loved. He gave up pleasantness. He set aside comfort. He humbled himself and all so that he could meet our needs. And that last part is important. He didn't just give up everything just for the sake of giving things up. Okay? There's no virtue in that. There's no particular virtue in giving things up. It's it's fine for you to enjoy. God gives you gifts to enjoy them. He wants you to enjoy them. So it's fine for you to enjoy comforts uh, and preferences. Go ahead. Go ahead and do that. It's just, we, it's just that we need to hold them loosely so that when the moment comes, when there's a conflict between my preferences and comforts and your need, I'm ready to meet your need and give this up because i'm holding it loosely that's that's the principle the greater the need the more sacrifice it calls for right the more important the need so uh, so little things you know like if you clean up someone else's mess so they don't have to or you give up some of your time to serve people or you do a chore when it's not your turn you know all that kind of stuff that's wonderful i mean that's exactly the kind of thing we're looking for here but but far more important than those things is to do not just to make someone else's life a little bit more comfortable, but to do what's spiritually advantageous to them. That's what really matters. Doing that which helps them grow, that which points them to Christ, that which will, will, will provide grace to them. Um, that's the biggest thing that we need to sacrifice for. That calls for the most sacrifice. You know, sometimes there's some things that you could do that would make someone else happy in the moment that wouldn't ultimately even be best for them, wouldn't even really profit them spiritually. So that's what we're after, is that profiting them spiritually. And that brings us to the third mark of humility, which is servanthood. Servanthood. Back to verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, who, being in the very form of God, did not consider that equality with God something to be grasped. But verse 7. He made himself nothing, taking the very form of a servant. The translation say servant. Actually, the word is doulos, slave. Slave. The word slave is politically incorrect, so they translate it servant. But it's, this word means to be owned by someone. It means to be a slave. Somebody who is subservient and controlled by his owner. Someone who has no rights, not even the, the right to life in that culture. A man in the Roman culture, could in Roman society, could kill his slave and nobody would raise an eyebrow. It wasn't illegal. It was perfectly okay. Because they were thought of as subhuman. So what does this mean? Jesus took on the form of a slave. That's actually a problem because Jesus was not a slave. He was a free man. They had two classes of people, slaves and free men. Jesus was free. He wasn't, he wasn't owned by anybody. So what do we make of this? How do we interpret this? Some people have suggested, well, it means God's slave. He was the servant of the Lord, the Isaiah, uh, the, the, the servant of the Lord in, I, in the book of Isaiah. But I don't think that's what it means. I don't think that's what Paul means here, because the whole point here is to show the extremes of Jesus' humiliation and being a servant of the Lord. Isaiah, servant of the Lord, that's actually more of a lofty title, not a, a low title. So, so what are, we, what are we to make of this? I think the solution to this is very simple. It's just simply this. It doesn't say he became a slave. It says he took on the form of a slave. Jesus was actually a free man. But if you just watched him for a while, you would think, is that guy a slave? Just just because of the way he behaved. You see him in the upper room the night before his crucifixion. Dressed like a slave, no outer garment, a towel around his waist, uh, down on his hands and knees, uh, scrubbing the disciples' feet. And you think, looks like a slave. Luke 22, 27, Jesus said, who is greater, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Is is it not the one who sits at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. This is Jesus' assessment of his own life. Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to Sir. He just looked like a slave. He, he, he certainly wasn't rich. <laughs> he, he had to borrow everything, right? He had to borrow a boat to preach from. He had to borrow a room in the Last Supper. He had no place to lay his head uh, at his great triumphal entry even and as a Messiah coming into Jerusalem. He had to borrow an animal to ride. He was even born in a borrowed feed trough and borrowed stable and he had to be buried in a borrowed tomb. He wasn't a slave, but he sure did look like one. Jesus lived a life with the attitude that his role is just to simply be the personal assistant to whoever needed help. And meanwhile, we have best-selling Christian books uh, on how to set up boundaries to protect your rights so that nobody ever takes advantage of you. We open our Bibles and we marvel at the selfless love of the Lord Jesus Christ and how beautiful it is. It's so sweet and and, and delightful. And we 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 see that and we, we want that. And we hear him tell us, we hear him say in John thirteen twelve. Do you understand what I've done after you washed the feet? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so also you should wash one another's feet. And we say, Yes, Lord. And we're so moved by that story in John 13. Yes, Lord. We'll do it. We'll do it. And then, and then we close our Bibles and not five minutes later, it's, it's not my turn to take out the trash. Why do I always have to be the one around here to take it out every single time and do everything around here? And I, and I you know, I have plans. This is my leisure time. I need some rest. That's my freedom. I'm not giving that up. I've got rights. I've earned it. I've got freedoms. I deserve a good night's sleep for once. I had it coming. It's my turn. It's it's. I yeah, treat me with some respect. I've worked for that. That's mine. It's not your turn to take out the trash. That that benefit belongs to you. That's yours. That's your riches. But are you going to hold on to that? Are you going to seize it, grip it, clutch it, or are you going to? Look to the example of the Lord Jesus Christ and just let go of your grip. Jesus took the form of a slave. He gave himself away. That's what humility is. Do you understand that? Humility is not looking down on yourself, putting yourself down and all that. Humility is just giving yourself away to meet someone else's needs. Humility is giving yourself away to meet a need, and this is our example. This is this is how we attain unity in the church. You know, you hear all the time people say, "Boy, sure would would be great to have unity in the church." You know, just be one, be to 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 be one warm, loving family. You know, everyone wants that, right? We all want that. Well, the price is high. Price is high. It doesn't come cheap. We will have unity when we have humility. And humility is painful, costly, difficult, and above all, unfair. But there's no other path for followers of Christ. This is our example. When I have some privilege or right, and I refuse to give that up for someone else's benefit, what I'm saying is I... This right belongs to me more than the glory of Christ belonged to him. And that is nonsense. And, I, and I'm forgetting that, that, that I, I, can't, I can't give up anything for the sake of loving others uh, without God in his perfect timing reaching down and lifting me up and paying me back a hundred times what I gave up. That's what he did for Christ. And that's our example. Let's pray. Oh Lord, let it sink in. Let it sink into my heart. I preach these things and then I just turn right around and I'm right back to being selfish, self-focused, caught up with my comforts and preferences and pride. Oh forgive me. Make me a humble man. Lord, I pray that you would do whatever is required. To make me a humble man. No matter how much pain it might involve, this is what I'm asking for. Make us a humble people, that we might follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For it's in His name we ask this, amen. If you watched Jesus for a while during His earthly life, you would wonder if He was someone's slave. If someone watched you for a while, would they wonder that about you, if we were in a country that had legalized slavery? Sometimes when the Bible gives us these portraits of Christ and godly character that are hard, we say, oh man, I'm striving for that, but I just keep failing. Well, that's, that's one thing. But when it comes to being a slave to others, a lot of Christians aren't even striving for it. In fact, they're striving against it. They're reading books on how not to be taken advantage of. Servanthood just grates against our pride. But it's the way to be like Jesus, and it's the path to glory and honor that we crave. As often as you can today, just stop and ask, Am I functioning as a servant? Show me the opportunities to serve today, Father. Make me alert to them. And give me the grace to remember Jesus' example so that if I have to clean up someone else's mess or I don't get credit for something or I get treated unfairly or have to do some extra work, it feels to me like the privilege that it really is. Help me do it with joy. Help me outserve the people around me. Help me be creative, Father. Show me some new ways that I can serve my spouse. What are some different ways I can serve the rest of my family? How about people at work? How can I establish a way of doing my job that makes me more of a servant than the other employees? Teach me how to be a servant of everyone, just walking around in this society. I mean, I can't clean up every mess or fix every problem, but give me an attitude that wants to serve so that if it's something that I can do quickly without neglecting my other responsibilities that will make someone else's life a little nicer, give me the inclination to do it with joy. How can I be more of a servant in your household, God? The church. You've given me two arms and two legs and a brain. You've given me spiritual gifts, talents, abilities, experiences, and various things. How can I use all that to serve the body? And what kind of lowly, foot washing type ways can I serve? Tasks that don't require giftedness, things anyone can do, but that nobody wants to do. Lord Jesus, you washed the disciples' feet. And then you said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Give me the grace to follow in your steps. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians. Fifty expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.